What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mike Zuniga Films Podcast. On this episode, I have with me Brian Beckwith, aka BB the DP. He's a cinematographer, content creator, and traveler. Brian shares how he got his start as a director of photography, the importance of pursuing your passion projects, to now filming for artists and brands such as Kodak Black, Danny Lay, Starbucks, Gatorade, and more. So without further ado, Brian Beckwith. How's it going, Brian? What Appreciate up? you being on the podcast, man. Mike Zuniga, it's good to be here, man. Hey, let's do this. Yeah. Um, so I've seen you, the first time I seen you was on Instagram, and it was a video with you driving around in a Lambo. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, let's, let's get into this. <laughs> you were on a mansion, and I was like, oh, this is an awesome video. But this was a year ago, so I didn't really... I didn't really um, take too much notice to it. It was just like a video that I saw. It was cool. Hmm. And then again, I saw you um, with the uh, that challenge. It was a video of you doing that challenge. The DJ takeoff challenge. Yeah. yeah. And you were with the, the turn knobs. The gearhead. Yeah, yeah. the gearhead, right? <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay, this is, this is pretty cool. <laughs> I kept looking through your feed and I just like the type of work that you're doing, not just like on camera, like with the, your DP work, hmm. but a lot of your behind the scenes travel vlogs and things like that. Cause you, you still put a lot of effort into that from what I see. Right. And I mean, that's awesome, man. So, Appreciate you know, that. yeah, that's why I wanted to get you on this, but, um, I guess I want to start out with, uh, skating. Cause okay. like you like to skate and, um, have you, when did you first start skating? Has that always been like part of your life? Yeah, man. I started skating. I don't even know how old I was probably like, probably, middle school and elementary school yeah yeah man <laughs> and you and you did that you still um use that for uh, a video shoot right you were shooting on um, the 16 millimeter mm-hmm. and you use like your skateboard as kind of like a kind of like a um how a would you dolly a little dolly yeah. yeah 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 sometimes sometimes i do that i was shooting on the uh bullex h16 reflex and just use it as a little dolly in to the car that i was shooting um it works all right uh for for certain moves like in but if you're shooting like a performance you can't exactly go back and forth but right for some some things it, it's pretty useful yeah, yeah. i mean i mean th- i like that because it's kind of like you're <clears throat> innovating in a way i mean you don't always have to use the tip top top of the line you know equipment <laughs> just use what you have i mean you you like skateboarding you're like all right i can use that as a kind of dolly use your camera and then boom and then just make make the shot make some art with that 100 percent, you know and i think a lot of like you know young uh filmmakers or you know people that are in video they always look at the gear first which obviously is important um you have to make sure that the gear tells a story in the best way but there's times when you can you know think creatively use your gear that you have right and kind of um use that to your advantage i mean would you agree with that yeah very true very true like i feel like i was always a, a gearhead kind of like a nerd like when i was young like i knew everything about every camera and like cmos sensors versus ccd chips and uh-huh. like i was like super into that and like people would always be like oh it's not the camera and i'd be like like you couldn't tell me i was like you take like a 5d mark ii with like a canon lens and put it next to like an alexa with a master prime like i'm gonna notice a difference like i was that type of person and then um it's it's hard to tell kids that haven't shot with or just people that haven't shot with the the top of the line gear that because they haven't experienced it but once you do yeah then you realize like okay 
I'd rather have I'd rather have the lighting now for right. a lot of things I do than than the camera package. So yes, it, it's true. But uh, I, I get the other side. But no, it's definitely true. Yeah, it's definitely the person behind it. For yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah. Just like the way you work with it and all that. Yeah. Um. So, did you go to film school? I did go to film okay. school. I went to Columbia College Chicago, uh, four year program. Yeah, got my uh, cinema arts science degree, whatever bachelor's degree. Yeah concentration in cinematography so yeah are you are you from la originally i'm from uh, i'm from new york i'm from um, upstate new york technically uh-huh. not really <laughs> but yeah it's a yeah. town called poughkeepsie like an hour hour and a half out uh, okay. north of manhattan nice. suburban dude nice yeah man <laughs> nice for college for film school yes um what do you because there's people that don't go to film school because i personally didn't go to film school um right. and i know people that went to film school and are still you know super successful and ones that didn't go to film school and they're super successful so for you personally um what are like the pros and cons of film school yeah for sure the short answer is do you need film school no Mm -hmm. (laughs) um if i were if like people ask me my answer is usually a lot to do with like financially like are you gonna are you gonna go to school and be like 100 grand or more in debt like Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't do it then. But like, if you have some sort of setup, scholarships, or your family's helping you out, and you you have the opportunity to do it, then do it. Like, I would recommend it. Um, I work with a lot of kids that went to USC and NYU and like those schools. So there's definitely this. I'm also wondering, like, mm-hmm. in Hollywood, like in however many years, thirty years, to see how many people went to film school and how many people didn't. That'll be like uh. super interesting. But um. Yeah, definitely not necessary, but um, for sure, for sure can help. A lot of people say it's the connections. A lot of people are like, yo, what school should I go to? I'm just like, wherever you go, go where there is a market. Like right. in, in New York, probably Atlanta now, mm-hmm. um, definitely L.A. Like the biggest difference I saw between Columbia, College Chicago, and mm-hmm. kids in L.A. was just their connections. Like they had teachers that were like shooting the latest Netflix series and like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like, right. And also... Again, financially, but just like their tax bracket, like their tax bracket of like yeah. families that they were going to those schools. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm I'm going to school with Mike Colgate. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like, we're shooting the Colgate freaking corporate stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, with school, I mean, from what I experienced, because even though there was my college didn't have a film school, so um, I kind of had to like um, do it on my own in a way. But I think college in general. Um, I think like what you said, the connections that, yeah. that you have there. Um, and I mean, that's very true. It, every, every experience is different. Um, you know, as, and like you said, as long as, you know, it's within your means and you're able to do it, mm. I think it's a great way to kind of like with college kind of see where you want to go, yeah. you know? And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all different, Yeah, you know? I don't know that I would have shot film though if I didn't go to film school. Oh, okay. Like that was one one great thing was actually like learning on sixteen mil. So, um, yeah. if you didn't go to film school, what do you think you would be doing? It's a great question, man. I was like, believe it or not, when I went to college, I was like, either trying to concentrate on editing or cinematography. And uh-huh. I was like, hmm, torn between two because I liked both. But like the second I got on like an official set. I was like, yeah, like this is definitely it. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Um, I'd probably be doing like similar stuff. Yeah, but <laughs> have you always been in like filming? Have you always liked filming movies, things like that earlier on? 
Yeah. Um, movies, I don't know. I just, I had like the weirdest, I was just like obsessed with video cameras from a young uh-huh. age. Like, I don't know why, not still cameras, just video cameras. Like, I could go into Best Buy and tell you like every single, like, this is the, the Sony HCR dash 36 you know what i mean and uh-huh. like this is what it has and like the night vision like i was a nerd like that you know what yeah, i mean i just yeah. like had an obsession with video cameras yeah um from a young age so yeah i don't know <laughs> did you make videos like earlier on just like for yourself yeah yeah so so yeah like i started out i saved up and bought like a, my first camera was like a tony hawk helmet cam oh my <laughs> god dude shot on like 32 megabyte like oh, sd nice. cards and like who knows what resolution was horrible and then i just worked my way up like i bought like a mini dv camera and i was mainly shooting i was shooting youtube videos so that would be like jackass videos and like Uh parody like you know what i mean like singing whatever song like parody like just some goofy shit yeah yeah and then um i started working at a non-for-profit youth media organization when i was 14 Uh called children's media project which is now called the artifact Uh should definitely check it out if you're in my hometown because it's great way to learn and learn podcasting and filmmaking and stuff like that so i did that and then yeah and then i went went to film school then in film school i started uh working professionally you know started shooting music videos for free and then a little bit of money and doing Mm -hmm. this and that and then the day after film school i moved to los angeles okay and um, how old were you when you moved um i think i was 21 21 yeah Mm-hmm. yeah man nice Damn, that's crazy yeah yeah to think <laughs> it doesn't seem too far back but it seems like yesterday you know like i'm sure maybe i was 22 i don't know yeah it was, i don't know yeah. yeah yeah but it all just it all just meshes it all blurs together yeah, that's, that's cool dude yeah. yeah so basically you're just like shooting videos testing it out you know getting a feel for the camera back then and then eventually you went to film school and then started learning the basics of it yeah, yeah yeah my my thought process like i've like a lot of film film school kids or whatever yeah. that means are yeah. like super like narrative driven in like film studies but mm-hmm. like i was never like that before film school i like skate videos and i like action sports and i like music videos a lot and like yeah. i was like well who's making the highest quality of moving images cinema is so I, I wanted to learn like cinematography from like film school and apply that to like music videos and like i thought like it wasn't you know i was like oh, i'm gonna learn it from this and apply it to like music videos and stuff yeah i mean it was already being done but that's, that's like what <laughs> i that was the plan but i uh-huh. i gained a, a large appreciation for narrative obviously during film school mm-hmm. and uh enjoy shooting narrative too so, yeah, yeah so um after film school um, and then you moved to LA. Mm. Um, how did you start making a name for yourself? How did did you network? What where did how did you start? I ate shit is how I started, man. Oh my god! Like I'm, I moved, and I would just I'd be like on the Craigslist hustle every day, like bro. Like I was shooting like like hundred dollar like YouTube video gigs on a five D Mark Three or whatever. Like so, the summer before I moved out, I had. I got a job at this uh, music label shooting shooting music videos. Mm-hmm. Junior year, that summer, I was, like, living on Venice Beach at this record company, and I was shooting music videos. So I had, like, some contacts to make a semi-smooth transition mm-hmm. out to L.A., but I still had to, like, start from ground up. And that was actually 
probably the hardest part. I went from like senior year of film school, like you're using the nicest cameras, like I was shooting 35 millimeter film, like mm-hmm. all this dope stuff to like 5D Mark III that I owned shooting like whatever I could find right. on Craigslist or whoever. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, man. <laughs> nice. And so um, what was like your first project? I mean, I know you said you were shooting little projects here and there, but eventually um, did you upgraded cameras and how how did that process work for you to start doing like bigger production shoots? Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Wait, how did I upgrade cameras or how did I start doing bigger? Did you um did you upgrade cameras first? Because I know some DPs they own their own cameras hmm. um and then they get booked for that or um some are hired and yeah. they use the production cameras already on set. Um for you, what was the process? Um so yeah, camera wise, I mean like gear wise, I would just every cent that I made, like I would like pay what I had to pay, but then I would just reinvest into my gear. I mm. so I did have I bought like a used red Epic X <laughs> and then like Zeiss Primes, uh-huh. uh like still Zeiss E primes and yeah, like so I just kept on upgrading my gear and I, yeah, I guess it did help to have a red, like a lot of people were like dp with red needed you know what i mean but uh-huh. everyone their grandma owns a red out here in la yeah so don't yeah whatever but uh <laughs> anyways uh but but to shooting like bigger projects like yeah camera was cool and it was nice that i had one and like i could use it on some stuff but um a lot of that was just reaching out to people and like pushing my reel because it's the work that matters at the end of the day dude it's, it's right. not the gear right for sure um going back to that question but yeah yeah, man just just pushing myself reaching out to the production companies shooting spec work for free and eventually the production companies would then uh connect me with directors and Mm -hmm. actual commercial projects and whatnot nice yeah man with with your reel because like that's a very important thing obviously you know you need to show your work in order to get hired Mm. um how did you develop your reel so man i just had so much stuff from like college not necessarily film school, but just everything during that era. Uh-huh. And I just cut the best reel that I could. It was my 2014 reel. Uh-huh. And then I thought, like, I thought I was gonna like go to LA and be shooting like Nike commercials and stuff by like age 24. Like that was my goal. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be doing this. And <laughs> sadly, got it with the reality that it takes time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I'm currently currently working on new reels at the moment. Nice. Very very important. Yeah, well, I'm sure your work has definitely, you know, leveled up each and every year for sure. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the point, you know, to get yeah. better every 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 time. Yeah. So with your real, um, did you was it some like passion project stuff that you shot that you added to it, or and it was some that was from work that you actually added to it? Definitely, it was just a mix of it. Yeah, the dopest stuff was the passion projects. Yeah, because sometimes you have to go out there and film things for yourself in order to add it to your reel right very necessary yeah like people are like oh like advice for young filmmakers and stuff Mm -hmm. passion projects are what get you where you want to go for sure yeah like money gigs like there's all different types of gigs you can categorize it but passion projects are super necessary that's the work you want to make usually your best work and Mm -hmm. it gets you where you want to go super important i'm about to do um one or two in december Uh uh-huh uh, this next month or this month now yeah nice nice yep so i sometimes like uh for like a young student or someone that wants to get into film you know they say oh i want to you know do this passion project but it's not paying hmm. you know for you how are you um getting 
or how are you monetizing getting the money going in um and is that funding the passion projects oh okay i mean now like passion projects i do it's usually like since i'm a dp if it's like for example the one i'm shooting in december it's Mm -hmm. it's a director building his director's reel so he's funding it Mm. um but what's what's oh how do you like fund your passion projects yeah so like um for example like passion projects they don't in the in the short term they don't necessarily Mm. um you know pay the bills right correct um and you have to look at different types of work to pay the bills that are a little bit more lucrative Mm. um how do you balance that yeah man you, you make your money and you you save up what you can and and when you have the money, sometimes you have to pick a date and say no to work, like mm-hmm. turn down work to do your passion project, which is a hard thing to do, but you just have to do it, dude. You have to do it. And yeah, like I'm, I'm a firm believer that any passion project you do might not pay off like right then or that month. It mm-hmm. might be two years, but everything, like even those like travel videos, like mm-hmm. I got jobs like off of those. Like I didn't really? think I would, but I got like, yeah, like travel video branded content stuff off of that. Yeah. Ironically. So, yeah, man, like, it definitely pays off in the long run. Yeah, because sure. it's, like, you're basically investing in yourself, right? 100%, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, for the, aside from, like, the passion projects, what other types of work that you do now, um, is it a lot of commercial work that you're doing? Yeah, so it's all it's all short-form content, um, mainly commercial branded content and music videos, um, occasionally, like, very occasionally short films. Mm-hmm. Um, I just shot... Well, not just, but I shot a short film last year called Story Ave, mm-hmm. directed by Aristotle. It's doing pretty well in um, in festivals right now. So nice. yeah, nice. Ch- check it out if you can, man. It's called Story Ave. It, it's it's pretty sick. But yeah, that was another like passion project. Sweet uh, short film. So, and um, in terms of music videos, because you like to shoot music videos as well, I do. Um, what was the most recent one that you were part of? Hmm. No, it was a couple of days ago, man. I shoot so many music videos. One that like I I enjoyed was the Danny Lee Blue Chips video. It's okay. probably like my most recent post, but it's like the underwater vibe. It's also on my website under music video, Danny Lee Blue Chips. That was a fun one. I, I hadn't shot underwater tank stuff before, so that was a fun challenge. Were you in the water? I was not. We rented a, a tank. Talent like a, was, like a fish tank? It sort of. It was like a big fish tank. Oh, yeah. nice. So... Were you shooting behind the glass, mm-hmm. basically? It was like a big, huge tank. The The talent was in the water, mm-hmm. and you're shooting through the glass. Through the glass. Oh, that's yeah, pretty man. cool. Because um, I've seen... Because it it's interesting to see uh, the different types of methods when shooting underwater. Because, like, for example, like Jacob Owens, like... Mm. We all oh, the see fish the fish tank, which is really innovative. It's awesome. And it makes a lot of sense. Um, but, um, you know, especially like things like you, when you were filming the big, huge fish tank, and want to get like a wider perspective. I mean, I guess that kind of uh, helps in a way when you're on the other side of the glass and you want to get everything, but there's just different ways, you know, filming underwater. Um, to clarify, it was, it was an actual, it wasn't a fish tank. It was like a tank, like built, a big, huge tank built for what built we're doing. for that. Yeah. 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 Um, so, um, was there any challenges, um, oh, when yeah. filming underwater? Yeah. And like most of it, I would say is probably like not even lighting and camera wise. It's, I mean, there is, but it's like, temperature of the water man like oh. you know what i mean like that was um that was hard for her like you know it was kind of cold yeah. i don't know if you've ever jumped in like freezing cold water have yeah, you yeah 
yeah you can't breathe you're like <gasps> oh yeah yeah so like um you can hold your breath longer if the the water's warm and just stuff like that you know it's, it's a learning lesson um, right but yeah i mean definitely like the glass like you only can control how scratched up the glass is mm. too like it might be scratched um but but yeah it, it's pretty it is pretty similar lighting wise and and camera wise but you get a bunch of cool effects you know what i mean if the water's cloudy you see the rays more you know what i mean oh, so right like, yeah man it's it's fun that's fun cool yeah. that's cool um also i like the uh it was the one with kodak mm. i forgot what music video that was for if we- i'm lying i'm flying yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i saw some of the behind the scenes when, you're, yeah, <laughs> when you were shooting that oh yeah um yeah. and you use the 16 millimeter on that too as oh, well yeah 16 that, that was pretty cool mil. Yeah, to add that in, how was that music video, dude? That music video, I don't know if it was life changing, but I don't know. It was it was inspiring, man. Like we followed him the second he got out of jail. I don't know if you saw, but like I was on the really? news, like filming him. Like the second he walked out of jail, like he didn't even know me uh-huh. or any of the crew, so he didn't even think we were like with him. But like it was like second he got out of jail, and like the first four days after, and yeah man that that was it was like docu style but it was wow. it was a really special project man like I gained a lot of respect for him changed sort of the way I make some decision making just seeing him and just uh-huh. how quick he is to make decisions and like he knows what he's doing definitely a lot smarter than like he's portrayed, portrayed to be yeah super funny dude um yeah man it was a great project that's awesome shout out Spencer and Joe <laughs> director <laughs> producer yeah, man. yeah the video turned out great yeah. And so with the 16 millimeter whose idea was that uh, i don't know if it was mine or spencer's but it was definitely oh. probably both of ours this collaboration yeah really wanted that look you know what i mean it, it it's just so authentic you know what I mean? right you can't yeah sure you can put like overlays and stuff but you can't you can't replicate that that look man right. there's yeah. just dude like it's so raw and not corny like i love i did like a separate cut of just like the raw footage uh-huh. it's also on my website like under if you click on that music video there would just be the string out of like a lot of the raw footage and i love it man yeah i love stuff like that because it, it's more authentic because like you got the digitized version where you can just overlay it right mm. but it doesn't look the same not no not at all yeah <laughs> yeah it, it's definitely has its own uniqueness to it yeah 100%. um and speaking of collaboration mm. and communication on set because you're working directly with the director yes. right and you know helping um kind of push his vision through in a way how is it horror? But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, it's all teamwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all teamwork. Um, so what what goes into like good communication and collaboration on set? Ooh, um, starts in pre production, man. Just understanding the director's vision. That's definitely what do like the best projects are when you're on the same page yeah. with the director, his or her vision. When you just like. You've done the pre-pro, you know what they're going for, you've talked about what you're doing, and then, like, you're on set, and, like, dude, there's been days where it's, like, I'm on set, and then at the end of the day, it's like, oh, yeah, we did the thing today, like, you know what I mean? Like, because me and the director, like, had a couple, like, okay, we're going to this lens. Like, it's a very short conversation, but Uh most of my conversation will be, like, with my gaffer and, you know, camera assistants. Yeah. Um, And then the director can handle talent and everything, client Mm -hmm. and all that that they, Mm -hmm. they have to do. So, yeah, man, just understanding what they want first and then, like, figuring out what you can bring your style to, right. to the project. 
And do you, I mean, would you say like kind of over communicate at times? Is that very important? Like even like not really holding things back, but at least like if you think like an idea is kind of um, out there, would you mm-hmm. still say it? Yeah, 100%, yeah. bro. Yeah. Like you're not, dude, like you're getting hired for you. That's right. what you should be, man. It's, it's, it's all about your vision and hiring you for you. For sure. Yeah. You got to say what you you think. And that's another thing, too, that they don't teach you in film school. That's a good advice for Mm -hmm. young filmmakers is when to pick your battles of, like, when you're going to fight for what you want and when not to. Like, Mm. you'll figure that out quick. But especially in commercial world, like, if I'm on set, like, I was on set for this very big, big brand recently. And it's, like, high key lighting. Everything's lit up. And you know what I mean? They're like... If they're like, oh, the, there's like, you know, eight clients sitting on a monitor and like, oh, the corner is, the screen's dark. Like, can we brighten it up? Like, I'm not going to be like, well, you know, it's my cinematic vision to like, you know what I mean? I'll be like, yeah, hell yeah, let's add a light. Like, you know what I right, mean? Like, there's not, right. ta- I mean, maybe other people would, would argue that, but that, I mean, that's just how I am. Like, I know when to like not fight that, but like, mm-hmm. sure, the Weekend Warrior RT project, like, yeah. if someone's like, yo, can we do this with the light? Like, I'm a, I'm argue it, but I'm going to tell tell why i think it should be like that well i think we should use this yeah because this and that you know what i mean so right. knowing when to do that and when to not do that is a great thing for dps cinematographers yeah because that's important i mean they're at the end of the day they're the clients mm. and you know you want to they're, they're first and you want to make sure that they're happy um but at the same time you know at, like you said as long as you have like that boundary already set where they can respect you and your decisions and you respect their decisions i mean at the same time it's a collaborative effort with We're, them right yeah yeah and and also like that changes drastically depending on like com- and, and we're talking about specifically commercials now like yeah that i would call like a commercially commercial right like high key like a crest whitening strips or like mm. downy commercial like similar so yeah but there are there's plenty of like super cinematic moody commercials like you know what I mean? Nike and Gatorade, like that type of stuff where, right. where I, I'm sure like I would definitely argue lighting if someone was trying mm-hmm. to have me do something I didn't want to do. Yeah. Argue in a, in a constructive criticism way. Like this is my vision, you know? So yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, so you on Instagram, um, are BB the DP. BB the DP. Right? Yeah. And you even have that on Neon, right? How'd Neon. you know that, dude? Dude, I do my research. Oh shit. Yeah. Um <sighs> is that in your is is that in your room in your house? Like, it where, is in the crib. Yeah, that's awesome. I actually bought it for my website. It's like a sign and it's like I filmed a bunch of stuff of it flickering yeah. that I wanted to have at the beginning of each reel. I was gonna make three reels, a music video mural, commercial reel, yeah, and uh like a beauty reel. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, just haven't fully edited that stuff. I wasn't even trying to post it, man, because people were trying to copy you out here and hey, make their own signs. But hey, you know, it's all good. It's all good. You and, don't see but, some signs popping up. Real yeah, soon. <laughs> but at the same time, that's your personal brand in a way, right? I, I would, guess it's would weird. You say? Everyone calls me BB. Like no one calls me Brian anymore. It's weird. Yeah. So like, <laughs> not weird, but it's whatever. But yeah, it just it just kind of happened organically in a way. Mm. Yeah, that happened like started at college. Really? People just started calling me BB. Uh-huh. And then, yeah. And then, obviously, you're DP, and then... Yeah, and, like, b- for the record, like, I don't... If you see it on a slate, like, I never tell a second AC to write that on a slate. If they write it, like, if they write Brian Beckwith, cool. Like, if you ask me what to credit me as on a project, I'm going to say Brian Beckwith. But, like, if you put BB the DP, like, 
if you put BBDP, sure. But yeah. I, that's not like an ego thing that I'm like trying yeah, to yeah, push. Yeah, of course. Like, call me this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you can't just say like, oh, yeah, call me that. But, yeah. but at the same time, that's kind of like your own personal brand. Mm. I mean, would you say that's important, especially in like the industry or like getting your name out there? You know, what would you say is like most important about kind of like branding yourself? Because, like, you're kind of differentiating yourself in a way. Because there's a lot of DPs out there, right? right? And even on your camera, you have a sticker, BB I the do. DP. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of like your own thing. Yeah, this is an interesting conversation that I think will change in, like, two years, five years. Yeah. And it's, it's like, social media presence and numbers and followers, which I hate, <laughs> versus, like, the actual work you're doing. Right. Most of the people... I look up to who are doing the crazy shit, like the Mercedes commercials and stuff, mm-hmm. have like 2,000 to 800 followers on Instagram. Yeah. They're older dudes. They're, that's before their time. Right. So, um, you know, it's like, I don't, it's definitely like Instagram and social media and having, having a voice is for sure a thing. Mm-hmm. And I, it's definitely going to be a thing in the future. And it's good to like push that. I, I guess it's just like be smart about like, the the work still is what matters at the end right. of the day. Like right. I don't think people are gonna hire me because some goofy video yeah, I made. Yeah, but I, I mean, you, you never still. Know. But that still helped, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to take away from that. I'm just right. trying to say that, like, e- even now, there's like kids like similar age to me that like aren't that big on social media, but are shooting projects that I would love to shoot. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, it's just it's just a balance, and in, in the work matters at the end. But yeah, definitely figure out pushing your brand and everything. Um. I'm not super business oriented, but some people like have like Jacob Owens. He, like you, mm-hmm. you can't, you, you got to respect that man. He's, right. he's making sales and selling products and he has a f- whole brand. Like that's yeah. dope. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Salute to that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. mean, to each their own and yeah. you know, and especially because nowadays, um, I think a lot of people and I, and I've spoke to a lot of people and they say like social media, you know, it's, it's, probably not the best in terms of like connection you know like physical connection Mm. right but Mm. definitely communication and Mm. that's what i hear a lot and so has that helped you in like networking and getting some projects um even especially like you putting your content out there on your page absolutely man i remember also like at the beginning of instagram and stuff everyone was like oh it's so like narcissistic and whatnot and it was like the way i tried to look at it was like I'm not like bragging. It's like you have to re- constantly remind people of what you do. Right. It's weird, but like, hey, this is what I do and this is what I'm doing. And sure, I, I've got I get hit up for jobs all the time, and they're cool. Um, I don't want to like miss like a a great. I don't want to like downplay that because there might have been a super dope job I got off Instagram. But I would mm-hmm. say it's more so like a lot of like every client that I work for like follows me and sees my stuff. So it's more like them keeping up with me and that. Like, if you follow me, you'll know, like, I'm really about that life, G. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm right. really about the cinematography life. Yeah. Like, I do this shit every day, and, like, mm-hmm. I love it. So, like, it just sort of helps them, like, understand me and, like, connect with me more than, like, hiring me. Like, all my, all my jobs is still, like, word of mouth and referral, I would say. Okay, yeah. Me, personally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, same, like, likewise. I mean, I haven't really had to do any, like, paid ads or anything, but it's just the connections you make because you like, never know, you know, this person might know another person like, oh, they're doing a project. And 100%. then as long as you are, you know, genuine and treat each person, um, you know, in the best way, mm-hmm. you know, something will pop up. Maybe not now, but later down the line. 
Yes. Have you experienced that? <laughs> Dude, yeah. I made like this little rant on that because like, bro, like these people in Chicago that like I never worked with, but I knew and like we were in like similar circles. This is five years ago. Like I just did a project with them like a couple months ago. So man, everything comes full circle. You never know who anybody is, man. I've I've had like Teamster truck drivers drive me home and be like, bro, like I was on I was on set and like everyone was being a jerk to this PA and like I knew he was like Johnny Depp's nephew and like I don't know I was nice to him and then he got me on this job so dude yeah. like you, like don't don't look at people for their value but right. like you never know who anyone's gonna be and dude yeah like all so many like I've got hired by editors you know what I mean like which is rare mm-hmm. for them to recommend a DP but dude like yeah man the 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 PAs. Are, are super important a lot of times directors and especially for for all you music video dps yeah, out there yeah the bts videographer mm-hmm. their shooter is like is your friend i cannot tell you how many times a bts person has hired me to shoot that artist's next video because half like most of the time they're super cool with the artist they're like their tour videographer or their friends so they're gonna do right. their next big video right so um yeah man bts shooters like get to know them because like they're on set and they see you doing your thing they're like oh shoot like i need a, a dp or cinematographer for this next yeah. video i'm gonna do so yeah man yeah exactly yep yeah because like there's so many different people on set and you know that's there's you know just making those connections even on set itself is is you know it's very beneficial 100 percent. yeah yeah so um in terms of like your what were you gonna say? That's a fresh shirt, dude. You got the the under. That's official, oh, bro. Speaking of personal branding, yeah, I know, man. Dude, I, yeah, you know, I always <laughs> I always like to wear this just because. Right by now, it's it's kind of like my uniform. I'm used to it. It's official, so bro. you know, like it's part of me. You know, it's very professional. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate that. Um, uh, well, well, while we're still on the topic of social media, mm. um, we were talking about earlier before we press record oh yeah about that video talking a lot. the video where you were uh driving the lambo you were <laughs> on the mansion oh yeah you know um and you were asking like what i thought of that yeah and um personally oh i asked you like if you like doing that yeah and, and you you like doing those types of projects right those are like more like passion yeah. fun projects yeah, you know for fun. right yeah um personally i mean i thought it was cool that was the first video that i saw so you know it was it was cool that you know you're creating you know i think some people can take it the wrong way mm. like kind of like like showing off like this is going, what i need to hear keep right, going right like oh so oh like you know you're showing off you're doing all that stuff mm. but i think if you look at it where it's like oh this is cool it's creative now that is more positive than like bringing you down. I don't think you're putting off like a bad persona or anything. Mm. You're just doing what you like to do and it's fun, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're talking about on Brian Beck with YouTube channel. It's, it's called Day Off in LA and there's a vi- another video called Put Your Phone Down and Travel and they're like these travel videos or yeah. just goofy videos that I do for fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was talking to like, I don't know, man. I, I like doing them, but lately my focus has been more like cinematography career yeah but i'm sure i mean i dude i have so much footage like i'm i think i'm gonna cut another one soon dude you should keep (laughs) doing those just because um you don't really see too much i mean you see the reels Mm. like for for most cinematographers you see a lot of reels Mm -hmm. which are cool Mm. but i think a lot of people like to see the behind the scenes 
like mm-hmm. what goes on in the travel situation, you know, you know, shooting, um, you know, just like the, the kind of like, um, any challenges that you faced, things like that and how you overcame them. Um, mm. I mean, speaking of that, like, mm. has there ever been like a challenge during one of your shoots, um, that you faced maybe like, oh, you got like one minute or a couple minutes to get the shot off, you know, before something happens and like you're under pressure. Like, have you ever faced something? Oh uh, uh, yeah. Like <laughs> Damn near every shoot, bro. Yeah. Fil- how do you handle that? Filmmaking is problem solving. So yeah, it just expect it, man. Like, dude i don't i'm trying to think of a good story but um yeah you just got to improvise and like the better crew you have the better they can help if you don't have the right gear and have a solid key grip that can <laughs> rig something right. crazy up yeah. man we, we've all done that uh so yeah man yeah you got to kind of think like creatively and collaboratively when you're on set in yeah. a way yeah um yeah that's very important that's very important cuz like i like to ask that because each person has like a specific scenario. I mean, if you can't think of one right now, that's that's totally cool. But yeah, so um, many man. Maybe like, have you? Because where was the most recent place you traveled to for a shoot? Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, there's nothing there. But I mean, yeah, I mean, sometimes you you travel and like shoot, your gear doesn't show up, or like you forget, you know, to pack your rods or like whatever. Like yeah. I had to like do goofy camera builds because like a camera plate like forgot to pack that uh-huh i mean also like when you tr- dude when you travel so much it's like going to places like sometimes i'm land and i go home for like eight hours and i go back to the airport like it's easy to forget like i have a million pieces so it's easy to forget one little piece sometimes so like i've had to like um just order stuff last minute dude i was in like uh seattle for a job oh nice and like amazon's based in seattle like yeah. we we ordered like a drive it got to us in like two hours so like yeah I, I forgot my battery or no my battery charger broke but like i needed it during the shoot oh okay and i was able to like amazon prime or whatever it oh, is like a so clutch a, a v-mount charger like, yeah scared like pulled up to, nice. <laughs> to like yeah dude <laughs> seattle's seattle's tied for that I yeah. yeah i mean that comes in handy when you're in like that yeah. area yeah seattle's cool dude um i actually went to school near seattle really yeah um and sometimes i do some work up there um just like for real estate or whatever else but seattle has the highest crew rates out of any city i've worked in so far do they really yes wow like what's typically um i mean for those that don't know like what's a typical crew rate like for a dp oh man shit dude uh zero to five thousand dollars yeah 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 i mean it all depends what kind of project you're shooting super relative man yeah yeah like yeah dude is it pretty much set or can you set your own price um yeah you definitely can can negotiate your rate for sure um sometimes sometimes producers are straight up like hey this is what it is and this is how much money i have and usually usually that's what they have right you know what i mean so that's cool when they just flat out let you know sometimes you might overbid yourself which is all right but sometimes you underbid yourself i just underbid myself Mm -hmm. this week yeah yeah i was like damn i feel dumb for that but it's whatever but you learn right (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) i mean have you have you learned anything in terms because like do you have to negotiate majority of time or they already have like a set budget and you like stick with that yeah most people i I work with like know like my normal rates but there is there is a lot of negotiation not like crazy stuff but it's like yo can you do this yeah man yeah, what have you learned like in like the negotiation process because like each person you know though whatever type of business i mean 
you know, if they're working for someone, working for a client, they're going to have to eventually negotiate and talk about rates and yep. pricing. So for you, how has that process worked? Um, in, you, in relation to like the, as your work got better over time. Yeah, man. You learn when you get uh, screwed over, man. Mm. So just try, just try and negotiate everything ahead of time, man. Never, never shoot a job like this stupid stuff I did. Like you shoot a job, you don't talk about rate till after. Like why was I thinking? Don't do that, bro. Mm-hmm. Just negotiate everything. Hey, man. So what are like what's the requirements? And if you're editing, what are the deliverables? Like negotiate your rate ahead of time, man. And then like you learn when you get fucked over and you get burns, man. Mm-hmm. For sure, that's when you learn quick, man. And like I am an introvert. I'm not like the biggest like leader type dude. And like being a cinematographer, like you have to be a leader you know what i mean you right. have to lead your crew and like direct people and achieve what you want so like that was part of the hardest learning curve for dping for me like because I, I looked at it completely from the wrong perspective like like the first union commercial i shot the gaffer was like the gaffer of like 50 first dates or something it's like 40 mm-hmm. something year old super like seasoned dude and like uh-huh. the whole time i was just like thought like damn i'm this young kid telling this old dude what to do like don't look at it like that like your crew is there to like help you you know what i mean and like those old school like seasoned gaffers like there's no schooling them yeah there's only proving like you kind of know what you're doing yeah. to them um and once you do that and like respect them like they'll they'll go to bat for you they'll get you what you want yeah that's interesting i like how you brought up like the leadership part yeah because it is director of photography yeah man right so how did you how did you eventually like grow as a leader um over time on set by learning so if i learned you know i mean like a lot of stuff i was shooting chicago was like all by myself i would shoot i came up shooting editing and directing music videos so all by myself like like most people and then Mm -hmm. You know, I start to shoot more legit stuff. I mean, I still had crews in in college, and I was used to, like, having Mm -hmm. a crew. Right. So I learned that way. But, like, also in the real world, when I started to have, like, bigger crews, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know how to fully utilize them. And you just learn the hard way, like, not getting your shots in time because you don't Mm -hmm. know how to to direct a crew. And then people giving you criticism, then you're really like, okay, I need to just man up and right. be like, yeah, this is what we need to do. Like, again, it was just my mindset. I was looking at it like I'm telling people what to do. Like, I'm in ch- like I don't want to be in charge, but you can't think of it like that, man. Like, yeah. if you involve your crew too, like in the creative process, like instead of being like, this is exactly what I want, like this and this, which you can do sometimes. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is a whole other conversation that some DPs are like that and some yeah. DPs are more collaborative. But if you can involve your crew in a more creative way, like I want, you know, just talk about the quality and the color of the light instead of a specific unit and let the gaffer decide you know then they're creatively that's their input and they're, yeah. they're more into it stuff like that yeah i, I like that because that's yeah. very important i mean that that's basically what it is like it, it's not kind of like telling people what to do like you mm. said it's yeah, exactly. more like you know bringing in more um creative intake um in a way yeah. So, yeah, I listened to a podcast the other day, and, and I forget what DP it was. I wish I could shout them out. But they were like, yeah, man, like, everyone on the set is, like, a filmmaker, too. You know what I mean? They all, like, do their own shit, too. So that's a – I know it's, like, a super-duper nice way of saying it. But, yeah, man, yeah. like, yeah, man, just – I don't I don't look at people like I'm above them for or sure. anything like that, man. For sure. For sure. Yeah, that's yeah. important. Um, helicopters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you do a lot of that. Um, yeah. So – for you, like, what goes into creating, like, a really good aerial um, aerial video? How, how does that process work? For those that don't know how 
video is shot in the helicopter? Um, are we talking like just an aerial video edit or just like, are we talking just shooting aerial videos from, from helicopters? Well, um, I would say, cause like, um, not necessarily like shot over cause I, oh, yeah. cause you were talking about you mm. shoot on the side of the helicopter. Yeah. So we'll just talk about like your experience, mm. um, and, and filming. Yeah, man. Not, not, not super legit yet with the whole shot over and uh-huh. Cineflex wave, um, one day though that's yeah, a go- one that's day. a goal of mine for sure for sure um so yeah i've done a lot of like op- it's open door helicopter flights photo flights a lot yeah. of people advertise them as and i've learned a lot by just starting shooting handheld to shooting with gimbals to shooting with gyros sometimes um sometimes you could you could get gyros like they're called uh like either the Kenyan eight by eight or four by four like they have a bunch of different models of mm-hmm. gyros and yeah you just bolt them to your camera which is like old school but dude it's sick like super smooth yeah you get great results like handheld with gyros that's that's a great way you actually should have a gyro too if you're shooting photos like a lot of photographers don't do it but some do and it just Uh it keeps it keeps the shake out you know what i mean so gyros is great uh gimbals like what gimbals work better i was Uh telling you the ronin mx works better than like the movi pro yeah because it has technology in it to to sense the g-force like the g-force is is the biggest thing interesting that's gonna throw a gimbal off um in helicopter and like i spoke to to free fly and um they're cool but you know they're like dude like our product is not designed to be used in a helicopter and withstand Mm. that type of g-force because they're like what are you doing and i was like i'm doing like extreme left-hand orbits and like descending over buildings and like this thing is just like going crazy but it it just can't take the g-force for sure I mean, yeah. maybe if it's like you're just like cruising, then yeah. Then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And yeah. that that the gyro, it's hooked up right to the side of the helicopter, right? Yeah. So so there's like little gyros you can bolt to your camera and uh-huh. do handheld. Um. Or um. Yeah, they have like these old school mounts. There's like a Tyler mount, and the one I use like bolts to the seat of the the aircraft, and then it it's on like this little sort of like a gim it's like this rocker but yeah you, you bolt the gyros to it and it's like a machine gun you feel so badass you're that's like so cool. shooting out like <laughs> get the shot yeah man that's awesome and, and when you're in a like deep orbit you're like holding on to like ah, like to oh, keep like it when it's really oh like, yeah when you hit the g's man you gotta like that's crazy yeah, it's fun man that's I awesome love it. I yeah love it. that's that's really cool yeah that's really cool um speaking of goals because like you were saying that's one of your goals of yours. goals yeah so what what how what is your goal process? How do you set your goals? Oh, man. <laughs> I just <laughs> posted something about this today. I saw like, that. I need to set new goals. That's what that's about. Yeah. Because, like, I had a bunch of goals when I was younger. And, like, dude, I'm still here and I'm going there. You know yeah, what I mean? I haven't sure. achieved them. But I have achieved a lot of stuff that I wanted to, like traveling, shooting certain type of projects, making, make as lame as it sounds, making a certain amount of money right. doing stuff, you know, like I've achieved that. And then now it's like, okay, now where, where do I want to go? Where do I want to go? Not goal. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> want to go to your goal. Yeah, man. So yeah, just sometimes you just got to take some time off and, and I don't know if it's meditating for you. That's another thing that I've been mm-hmm. trying. Like I've listened to a lot of podcasts and mm-hmm. like very successful people, a lot of them meditate. So like, yeah, just figuring out what you want to do and, and where you want to go where you want to go and then whatever goal that is like i said like break it down like it's 
whatever you want to do, it, sometimes it can seem hard to tackle. So just yeah. break it down into like the micro steps. Like, okay, I need to do this, to do this, to do this, to this. And then you have little things that you can do like each week. I'm going to do, I'm going to just knock that out. And then I'm going to knock that out and then do that. Nice. Yeah, man. So focus on one small thing at a time, knock um, it out. Mm-hmm. And then you'll eventually get closer to whatever your goal is. Yeah. Right? And sometimes you just speak it into existence. Like if you say you're going to do stuff, like you almost yeah. feel like you got to do For it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, creative process. Because mm-hmm. uh, you film not only like on set. Dude, this, is, this is tight, man. He's not even looking at notes. Like he just... <laughs> You're just doing it oh, off, the, off the rip, dude. You know, well, well, it's it's props to you because like you're you're also helping carry this along. Too. Like, I'm I'm interested in what what you're be saying. Be the worst interviewer ever. I'd be like looking at my notes and shit. That's what's up, though. Nah, dude, you're doing great, man. This is awesome. Um, I'm learning a lot too, as well. Word. Um, so your creative process, um, like how do you stay creative, man? Um, definitely traveling. LA is sick, but I think it's necessary to to get out of the craziness every once in a while uh inspired by music mm-hmm. and a lot of the references and stills that i pull for stuff mood boards and whatnot is still photography i like like still photography man like medium format 120 film like it's weird like i haven't had passion to like i haven't cared to shoot photos in a while like i don't know why but i i love photographers and their work like yeah. i get in, like inspired by that a lot and i get inspired by light whether I'm at a, like sometimes I'll be at a restaurant, it's just some rainy day and there's some weird light coming in. I'll be like snapping face. Snap. People are like, what's going on? But is it on your phone, your camera? Or? Oh yeah, my phone, dude. Dude, the phone's like, you know, it's easy. Bro, like, yeah, I'll be sitting on like a, I was sitting on a plane the other day and like I had, I had a cup and like the light was coming in like super harsh. Yeah. On the cup and it was like refracting and like creating this crazy light. Oh, and nice. I was like, damn, I'm going to do this in a music video. Like. Would shine like some crazy punchy light into this cup and like reflect it on an artist's face like it's gonna be dope you know what I mean interesting so it could be anything man just yeah. keep an open mind yeah just I like I like what you said like going out from your like your usual spot and you know that can eventually spark something new you know in yeah. a way sounds corny but trying new things and then like kids too like a lot of people I work with now are like having kids and like I'm not around kids a lot obviously in LA but like yeah dude like yeah, they're they're inspiring because they just they just think whatever and like you know what I mean. Yeah. Like there's all the society rules like haven't been like implanted into their head yet. Right. So like they inspire me the way they just they're so creative, you know. Yeah, they like, like, just let their mind run. And sometimes they're like they're real straightforward too. It's, oh yeah, it's funny. It's hilarious. Like they, they just say whatever is on their mind. <laughs> For real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> facts, big facts. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so how about you like your style? of filming because each one has their style how did you develop your style style man (laughs) i think it just comes it was like of who you are and like your your life experiences and like what you want to do like you just gravitate towards it and like i said with your passion projects like you're gonna you're gonna do whatever style that is like i i have i think it's important as a dp to have your like reference library like i have a hard drive that's just all reference uh, reference photos and it's like interior exterior daytime nighttime yeah. bar whatever right and um you know a lot of it is just whatever that'll be good for commercials and stuff that comes up but i do have a couple folders it's like i want to do stuff like this you know what mm. i mean um so i think you just yeah man it's just like something that just is natural yeah just be yourself 
Yeah. <laughs> did you did you um pull any kind of like inspiration from other cinematographers and kind of like mesh that into yours? Yeah, I don't like dude, I'm still I'm still young. Like I don't know if I have a thing that I'm like known for yet. Um I definitely like yeah, probably would like to like be more of like known style. Yeah. Thing that'll naturally happen yeah but yeah man de- definitely um inspired by other cinematographers work too yeah nice. you, get, you gotta respect the ogs man oh for sure oh, yeah. yeah but eventually like um kind of like pulling from theirs but kind of making it in your own way i mean it's always evolving mm. for sure yeah i mean like in film school i had to study and do like papers on like camera movement and, and obviously lighting and stuff like that yeah but yeah i don't i don't know that i try and like co- like cop someone's style um it, that's a great lighting exercise though too like that was a great exercise we had in school was like to pick a frame from a movie or just anything just mm-hmm. pick a lighting yeah and we showed up to class and like we would recreate it and like that's one of the best exercises you can do like just figure out how stuff works and how you're gonna achieve it yeah. yeah 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 that's cool yeah yeah um so for your why like i i just wanted to ask like why do you continue doing what you're doing because i love it yeah <laughs> yeah and that's basically it you just love it yeah just love it man like i wouldn't do it if i didn't like it like if i <laughs> if i just wanted to make money dude like i would <laughs> do be doing something that was way easier to make more right, money you know right. um which was always a thing like uh you know when i was a kid like i was, was into like hustling not like drugs and shit but like yeah, yeah. flipping shit on craigslist and just like buying shit and selling it for more like i always liked that so i was like when i was going to college i was like damn do i really want to go to film school or do i want to go for like business and entrepreneurship mm. when i really sat down i thought about it i was like come on man i'm lining myself if i go for business like i hate school anyways mm-hmm. like i can never do that mm-hmm. um so yeah what was the question you know it was like your why but I think oh, yeah, yeah. You, you definitely you're answering it yeah yeah man i just love it yeah, yeah. i mean you kind of were led towards cinematography a little bit more and i mean you kind of followed your gut would you say and then that's kind of how it helped you because mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure there's people that are in the same uh position that you were at back then some students that were thinking okay like i kind of want to go towards this even if it's like in the creative space yeah but it's it's between practicality from what they hear in society and then what they want to follow that's so weird like sometimes people are like oh man like you moved to la by yourself and like it's a big deal i'm like it's not a big like i don't know i mean maybe i'm sure it is to some people like i can't i don't know where everyone comes from and and whatnot but maybe it's just the way i was raised you know what i mean like dude like even if you work if you work at a grocery like sometimes people at grocery stores like oh dude like i'll talk to the cashier and like oh that's sick that you travel there or whatever i'm like dude you could do it it's not, it's not as much money as you think, dude. Just you can save up the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I don't know if if they're supporting their fam, a family or something yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's a whole other story. But man, like, it's it's so doable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, like you can like the fact that I could pack up and move to like anywhere in the United States tomorrow, like if I want to, is like that's the ultimate freedom to me. Like that's another thing too. Like why I love what I do is because like I'm a freelancer. I can do whatever I want. Like. I could go travel for two months around the world if I wanted to. I'm not going to, but having that that freedom is everything to, to me. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. yeah that's 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 a that's a great point that you have there, yeah. because not too many not too many people think about that. Like, there's ways, 
and it's obtainable if it's within your means, right? But you st- you can do it. Yeah, yeah, you can do it. Um, whether you're in film or whatever else, because um, there's a lot more freelancers that are popping up now, and I think. I forgot what the statistic was, but I think by 2050, um, like half the workforce or something like that is going to be in freelance. Wow, sir. <laughs> something like that, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's I don't crazy. Know if that's good or bad, but. Well, if you think about it, you like. Adapt. Yeah, a lot, a lot of these, uh, you know, companies like, let's say, Amazon, mm. Google, whatever else, they're a lot, they're automating a lot of stuff. And so people, some people um, are going to have to figure out how they can start making a living in a way um, with the skills that they have or they might have to shift skills. So that's just one thing that I thought that was like really interesting, you know, how that's going to shift in the workforce, especially in like the art space too. Like, you know, just like you got technology and you got creativity, human creativity and you got technology. Yep. You know, how, how is that going to impact each other? I'm just, I'm interested. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't know how that's gonna work, but you know, it's it's just interesting to think. I mean, what's your take on that? Do you know? I, I don't. I don't know yeah, if I mean, anyone knows. Yeah, but, I don't think so either. Um, yeah, I mean, I think just technology is gonna keep improving and, and giving us more tools and making things easier and more yeah, obtainable. For sure. Um, Especially with the gear we have nowadays. Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh, it's insane. Yeah. What you can do with like a, a, a two thousand dollar setup and a, and a MacBook Pro, like it's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's almost like like music, like like rap music. How people just record on on a MacBook Pro, like in their kitchen oh, with a yeah. mic, and like they record a hit song or something. Like you can do that with Instagram or YouTube now. Like you don't, you know, you don't need mm-hmm. like look look at where we are, dude. Like what ten years ago, this would be some huge network. Like oh, we're yeah. doing it. Like it would be thousands and thousands of dollars to do this. For we're sure. just doing it now. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, we just got to take advantage of it. That's all. Can't yeah. be looking too far into the future. Yeah. But um, yeah, just got to adapt. Um Young chameleons out here. <laughs> Does a chameleon even adapt? That'd be terrible if well, that wasn't it, No, it adapts. Its, uh, no, it's a chameleon. Oh, okay. Adapts its uh, color. Sick. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah. You're on was, it. You're on it, right. dude. You're on yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so if you have any advice to like your younger self back mm. then, what advice would you give from ooh. what you know now? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Maybe one thing would be not to care about money as much. You know what I mean? Like, I definitely was trying to, to do jobs and just make sure I was, like, financially cool with my bills and stuff. But, um, yeah, man, just, just those passion projects and not caring, like, about the rate and stuff like that. Like, if it's a dope project, do it, man. Like, you got to do it. That, that like I said, I can't push that enough that it gets you where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And, like, again, like, a lot of people I look up to and are shooting dope stuff, like, they all do passion projects and and stuff that i know they're just not making a crazy rate on so yeah man just just do more of it for the love you know yeah it's creative at the end of the day man you can't if you make it all about business it just that's whack anyways right yeah 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 it's all balance really Mm -hmm. yeah knowing what your priorities are yeah oh and um don't try and climb down a cliff (laughs) <laughs> what, happened? what happened with that <laughs> dude like i fell off this cliff and i had man this is like it was like my second year year and a half in la i had bro i had my first like official commercial lined up in new york 
like agency everything like legit director then i was gonna like from there go to vegas do another job and then come back to la shoot another i had like three things lined up bro yeah. and like the week before i tried to i was just hiking with my friend in like by griffith park and i tried to like uh-huh. climb down this cliff fell and i broke my femur and compression fracture in my back and oh, I, was, I was out for four months so yeah don't do dumb shit like that damn <laughs> yeah especially when you got all that lined up you got to be careful yeah man yeah but you learn dumb shit you learn yeah man i don't yeah i'm done i'm so, good so, on the like, climbing so, shit what, so you you what'd you say you you did I broke, you break it i broke my femur in half oh my like my gosh, leg was like dude. 90 degrees and then like i land like dude like i broke my leg too dude did you what yeah you? so like um i have a rod in right now oh but, rod but, gang you got a rod too yeah, bro let's oh, go dude nice. right here ding, you ding. broke your tibia though broke my tibia fib Ooh. um yeah it was uh at the end of uh football season i, oh, I played a uh, year up in college um and this was during um it was during spring conditioning mm. um and um just one of my teammates accidentally slid through oh. my left leg it's kind of funny because when we were conditioning um all the other sports teams on campus were conditioning because this mm. was before finals mm-hmm. and all that so everyone was out on the field and like i broke it and it was like you know facing 90 degrees Ooh, yeah. and uh mm-hmm. i was like oh man that's weird so i i put it back same dude yeah because it, it's 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 the shock it's yeah. the shock you want to put it back together yeah. right yep and then it's funny because like i saw like i was i was looking around and then everyone just ran <laughs> they're like yo you're just like yo i'm out but I'm like, yo, I need help. <laughs> yeah, but it's such a vibe kill though. Like, yeah, you're at the skate park, and like, seeing kids like snap their ankles and shit. It's just like such a vibe <sighs> kill. You're just like, Fuck. yeah, it's one of those things. <laughs> but, but I would have stayed there. I would have helped you. I'd be like, damn, get this man oh, some man, help. I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. But like, <laughs> just like real quickly, like things like that. Yeah. Those are traumatic situations in your life. Um, and for me, I didn't know because I, I kind of liked film and stuff like that. But I like, you know, I was all that other stuff that film went on like the back burner even before this happened. Mm. You know, I was playing football. Um, I was in, you know, business, but I was a part of different groups, you know, even through high school. So film wasn't even in my mind. Interesting. Um, but I did like filming it whenever there was a project in a class that required it. Yeah. Um, and after that, that kind of like shifted. And, you know, I knew I wasn't going to play football forever. So, you know, after that happened, you know, I still wanted to be with the team and help them. So mm. I started creating highlight videos for them. That's sick. And yeah. then eventually started doing that for the camp, you know, other sports teams on campus. Mm. But that kind of like shifted. But that also helped in a way like, you know, getting over um, adversity and challenges. I mean, how yeah. did that help you? Because like obviously it's kind of like a, you know, um, something that really changes like your mindset in a way yeah and how how does that process for you going through that it humbles you a lot yeah you're like wow you take a lot of stuff for granted man a lot of stuff bro like just walking in general like yeah. you know what i mean like whoa like i can't and it, it also became apparent to me that like what i do is very physical even like movie operating like i gotta have everything like intact and be feeling good you know what i mean right. so yeah man just just it humbled the injury humbled me a lot and how, how'd you get through it Man, uh, I had to go back home to my parents' house yeah. in New York, so I had to fly. Um, dude, it was a terrible experience. <laughs> Especially like, in the altitude. I, bro, I couldn't even sit down. Like, uh, man, it was bad. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, dude, it's just not cool when you're like 23, 24, having your parents have to tie your shoe for you. Like, that's not yeah. sick. Um, but yeah, man, I, I bought 
the American Cinematography Manual, and I was like, I'm going to read the whole thing. There you go. I, I didn't read the whole thing, but I, I learned some stuff, yeah. man. I, I was able to, like, consume a lot more content, and I was like, I tried to make it the most productive I could. I was like, all right, I'm going to be watching tutorials, and, like, because I hadn't done that since, like, high school. That's when yeah. I watched mad tutorials, like, you know what I mean? So I tried to make it the most productive I could and just bounce back as soon as I could, like, physical therapy took very seriously did everything they right. said i was like i'm gonna be good like i'm gonna be good to go like i wanted i just wanted to get back shooting and working yeah yeah that, yeah that's that's cool yeah, yeah that, that's you know using your time wisely while you're you know you know just sitting there and you know playing with your thumbs oh you dude know? never that's all it is just yeah. staying hungry staying humble that's oh. all it is oh you know <laughs> we eating oh. <laughs> that's Rose right egg, yeah that's right yeah um any future plans dude uh there's a lot of future plans like for career travel like what do you yeah um just wife like wife and kids <laughs> what's going that's on like, that's like way down the line. <laughs> it's like, going down i would say um um like what's your, what's your end goal Ooh, so really to just to elevate the the type of projects i'm doing so i'm gonna tell tell a story yeah that that was it's just a rad story so i don't know if you've ever been to an old folks home have you before um, like a retirement home? Yeah. 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 So um, I have, like, I've had grandparents that have been in them, are in them. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, you go to visit them and you start t- talking to other people. And, like, it's kind of a weird vibe sometimes. It's like you, you realize there's a lot of regret. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's one of the scariest things in life, man. And, like, some people just don't have hobbies. And it can it can be slightly depressing. But when I when I moved out to L.A., crazy story i was selling a lens on craigslist the dude that wanted to buy it was the owner of paralynx wireless video transmission and i was like saw his name and i was like dude i'll sell you this lens for the low if you like just get me on something you know what i mean he was like all right well i'm dit in the aoc master class so sure like you could come be my assistant you know and basically go to the class what, what is fr- that for free uh, master class by the way the it's a the asc american society of cinematographers hosts a master class mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's I think it's yearly, and they have like, you know, all the big ASC guys come. Um, Bill Bennett teaches like a car lighting tutorial. Mm-hmm. Then the president of the ASC, he shot like American Pie and like all these other movies. He nice. he did like um just like a a short narrative like in one day. Like so, you, man, you just get to learn from the best. And like one guy did a seminar on like lighting green screens and all these little tips and tricks. Uh-huh. And like the the people that go there are like ranging from kids just out of college to like this canadian dp was like super legit you know and they just wanted to like be around other dps because he's freaking working all the time like yeah, you know yeah. I mean? so meet a lot of cool people anyways oh so going back going back to the story mm-hmm. um during lunch i'm sitting down with you know all these like i don't even know if they're retired but like old old school dudes like soup i was like sitting next to the dude that shot like spider-man next to the dude who shot coneheads and i'm at this table and like these are all old dudes. And for the first time in my life, I was looking at like older people and it was like, I would kind of be cool like being them when I'm old. Like they were so passionate about what they did still. And they just wanted to like give back to the youth and like teach us stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was super dope. They had, they were passionate about that. And I didn't see that at the old folks home. Like a lot of people worked for their retirement and pension and whatever. And now they're just living. But these guys, man, <laughs> damn near like shooting until they die, you know? And, and that, that was at the, uh, that was the ASC masterclass at the masterclass. Lunch, man. Yeah, man. So that was like, that was eye opening. Like, wow, these guys really love what they do. And I, I think they're cool. I think these old guys are cool. 
That's awesome. It was the first time I thought that, you know, it's cool. Yeah, it really puts things in perspective. Like when you're when you're speaking to ones that are older, mm-hmm. they have more experience. Um Dude, and, those dudes are like walking encyclopedias so not like incredibly knowledgeable. Yeah. It's crazy. Sorry. No, no, dude. Yeah, yeah. and it's like you have to like kinda put your ego to the side and just listen. Just oh, listen, yeah. right? Yeah. That's the most important thing. I asked him so many questions, dude. That's awesome. Like, I'm that guy. Like, this is another thing, too. Like, when I when I was first in L.A., like, I would shoot and then I would crew. Like, I, I would I would AC occasionally and I was I was gripping on this, like, HBO Showtime movie. And, like, mm-hmm. at lunch, I was totally, like, no, like, no, the older dudes don't want to talk about film shit at lunch. They just want to talk about whatever, you know what I mean? Because yeah. they do this all. But I was that kid who was, like, I was talking to DP, like, just asking him something. Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't care. I was just, like. For sure. You know what I mean? But you could tell, like, I wanted to shoot real bad because I was just like, man, what'd you do? And this is your camera. And you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Whatever. But, but, you know, I think the cool thing <laughs> is, like, they'll see that passion. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm sure before, like, they were in, like, your shoes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're passionate about doing that. And I think they, they'll they see that passion within you. And I think they'll be cool with it, you know? Yeah. You know, I've experienced that, too. You know, like, I was passionate about something. I spoke to someone and... You know, they kind of have the similar passion and they're older, but, you know, I think, yeah, it, it's not a bad thing to ask questions. Not as long, at all. As long as you're like genuine about the questions. You yeah. Know? A lot of, and that's, that's a whole new topic is like people DMing you and responding and like if, if you respond or not, I try and respond to like mostly everything. I think I do almost everything. Yeah. Unless you're just like, how do I get put on, bro? Like, I don't know how to answer that. Right. But right. like, but, um, gotta do the work. But man, shout out DP Chris Saul. He's like, super legit dp Uh and like again like i would just email dps that i i looked up to and thought their work was super dope like when i was younger and um he was one of the only ones that responded and he was like you know what dude i did the exact same thing you're doing when i was probably your age Uh and no one responded to me and he's like i always told myself that if someone reached out i would so that's why i'm going to respond and this dude like he's a busy dude now he's got a family and stuff like i still never met him but shout out chris all yeah look up his work super dope and um yeah man he would take the time to like write paragraphs i would be like yo this project was dope like how did you like this he would just email me back like paragraphs like and i I wasn't giving him anything like so so that is definitely like inspired me too to like do good to other kids too like again like if you dm me and like damn it don't (laughs) dm me every day but shit like (laughs) if you ask me questions like i try and try and respond yeah yeah you know for sure you gotta show love that's it giving back to the community yeah man yeah well, that's it, dude. I mean, I really appreciate you being on, you know, mm-hmm. sharing your stories. I definitely learned a lot. So thank you again. Dude, thank you, man. Thanks again for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I'll be putting Brian's social media links in the show notes so you can stay connected. And if you receive great content out of this episode and know someone that can benefit from it, please share it. So thanks again for joining in. And until next time, I'll see you on the next episode. Peace.